Let us pray together the prayer for illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and the word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. A reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 1 through 17, and 31 to 35. Now before the festival of Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash, except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet and put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should also do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's evening. And I'm walking back to my cabin behind a flock of preteen girls. Campfire is done, and it's time to head for bed. 
We reach the cabin, and there's a flurry of activity for several minutes. And then everybody's in bed, and the lights are out, and it's mostly quiet. I'm sitting on my trunk, getting ready to take my own shower, and getting ready for bed. I look down at my feet to take off my Tevas, which are the current required footwear for all campers and counselors. My feet are so dusty and dirty that when the shoes come off, it looks as if I have tan lines. But I know that's not the case. The water of the shower will wash away the lines along with the dirt and the grime. It's part of my daily routine as a camp counselor. Dusty, dirty, tired feet. I imagine that the disciples' feet probably looked something like mine did, usually at the end of the day of camp, when they gathered in that upper room. Dusty, dirty, tired from walking everywhere they went. They didn't have hot showers to look forward to. Usually the host of the house would provide a basin of water and a towel so guests could wash their feet, or a servant would wash them for them as they entered the house. But that didn't happen this night. So the disciples have been sitting at this meal with Jesus with gross feet. But what happens next, we see only in John's gospel. In fact, in John's gospel, we barely hear about the meal, the Last Supper, at all. Instead, the focus is on Jesus' radical act of love and service. He takes off his outer clothes, gets down on his knees, and with a basin of water and a towel, one by one, washes the disciples' dirty, dusty, tired feet. Today is Maundy Thursday. It's the first of several dark days for the disciples, for Jesus, and for Christians celebrating Lent and Holy Week. This night comes with confusion and mystery, sadness and grief, betrayal and anger. But above all, love. Love is what gets us through the dark days. And these feel like dark days, too, for us, right? It's been a hard couple of weeks. It's been a hard few years, really. But the grief and the confusion and the anger are very near the surface for a lot of us in Nashville and across Tennessee in the wake of last week's tragic school shooting at Covenant. A week ago, I stood in front of our state capitol with parents and children, grandparents and teenagers, adults, young and old, even babies in their strollers, people from all walks of life, a group of people brought together seeking change, choosing to pray with our feet, and needing somewhere to go with our grief and anger. I honestly couldn't speak for the first few minutes that I was there, so choked up by the motions of the week and the beauty and the power of people, young and old, lifting their voices for what they care about, but also the tragedy that they had to. Eventually, I found my voice again, buoyed by the crowd, especially some familiar faces in other Methodist pastors 
and West End members. And it did my heart good to be there, to do something. I wonder if this moment is one where Jesus maybe didn't have the words at first for what he wanted to say. So he prayed with his hands and he washed their feet. And in the action, in the motion, he found the words he wanted to say. Wash one another's feet. Do as I have done for you. These are his closest friends. One of them is about to betray him. And he takes care of this very human, very physical need. Can you imagine what it was like in that upper room? Having their teacher, the man they believe to be their long-awaited Messiah, wash their gross feet? The embarrassment, the awkwardness, the vulnerability, the shame, maybe. But also the recognition of just how much Jesus loved them. And then the invitation to do the same for others. Love them, serve them, honor them. And he doesn't leave anybody out, not even Judas. Jesus' love is for everyone. Jesus then calls us to love everyone, not just in words or thoughts and prayers, but in our actions. Later he will say, I give you a new commandment that you love one another Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. But what does love lived out look like? Jesus shows us. He points the disciples back to all of his teaching, his whole ministry, but especially this moment, this radical act of vulnerability and service, care for others. Wash feet, be humble, love in God's name. Love is action, not just a feeling. There's a great song titled appropriately, They'll Know We Are Christians by Our Love. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it. But the lyrics go something like this. We are one in the Spirit, one in the Lord, and we pray that all unity will one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. We'll walk with each other. We'll walk hand in hand. And together we'll spread the news that God is in our land. And they'll know we're Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. We'll work together, work side by side, and will guard each one's dignity and save each one's pride. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. One in Christ, walking together, spreading the good news of God's love and presence, working side by side, guarding everyone's dignity and pride. This is how they'll know we're Christians, by our love, by our actions. 
here's a few ways that I've seen people living out Christ's love recently. Text messages I've gotten from friends and family checking in just to see how I'm doing. Teenagers, lots and lots of teenagers showing up to say, no more, this has to stop. Volunteers who show up every day to our quiet place ministry to come alongside people who are unhoused. Preschool, elementary, middle school, high school, teachers, principal, and staff who show up every day to love and care for children. People gathering to clean up houses after hateful words were painted there in an act of vandalism. Pastors supporting each other in the midst of a very challenging season. A good friend buying me my favorite cookies for dessert. Snickerdoodles, by the way. A group of people taking a pilgrimage to Montgomery and Selma and Birmingham to remember and to learn about racism in this country in hopes that we can do better now and in the future. So what does love look like for you right now? How are you caring for yourself and for others? How are you living out your love with your words and your actions? How are you praying with your feet? Whose feet are you washing, metaphorically and maybe even literally? Will other people know you are a follower of Jesus by your love? Everything about this service of Maundy Thursday points us to the acts of love Jesus is preparing the disciples for. This night, sets the stage for the days and events that will follow. There is more to come, friends. More humility, more vulnerability, more fear, more anger, more grief. But above all, more radical, all-encompassing love. It's all about love. Amen.